Welcome to another edition of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. We're happy to be here. And we've got a new type of episode this week. We've got, for the first time ever in the podcast history, a special guest, my cousin Greg. Greg, welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling? Thank you, Phil. I'm happy to be here. I've been listening to you all year. I've been waiting for the opportunity to finally get on here. So I'm looking forward to it. Greg is someone that I I think we bounce pretty much every single bet that we ever make, no matter what the sport is, off of each other. So it's only natural that Greg would be the first one to, to come on, and we're hoping that he's going to be a recurring guest on the show. What do you think? Yeah, we'll see how this week goes. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, of course, happy to be here. Cool. So um, just to set the tone for the, the episode, we are going to do a quick recap of last week news flash it didn't go very well and then after that we will transition into the roval greg and i will hit the winner's circle we're going to each make a couple picks to win the race this coming weekend and uh, then we're going to move into the head-to-head section where we're going to do something a little bit different this week than i've done in the past solo Um, so we'll get to that in just a bit and then we're going to end it instead of me just ranting I have got someone to actually talk with. So we're going to talk about fantasy NASCAR because, Greg, you and I, we've been doing fantasy NASCAR for, you know, six, seven years now, and we do it differently than most websites. So We do, and it's funny because usually when I tell people I do fantasy NASCAR, my God, the responses we get. But now we got an actual audience that is going to be on the same page as us. So yeah. It's actually going to be fun to talk about for once. Yeah, we can talk about it and how, you know, we are we do a little bit different. So uh, be anxious to see, you know, if we get any feedback, good or bad on that. So that's the episode. But as you heard at the beginning of the podcast during the intro, Martin Truex Jr., he did it. He did the thing that I've been betting against pretty much all year, which is drivers winning back-to-back races. Uh, I've been cleaning up, winning money off of that fact since mid-July, and uh, it finally bit me in the ass. We took a bath last week. Yeah, last week was not pretty. It was not, and Truex winning that race, I, I think I gave out like five picks to win the race last week, and they were all like right behind him. Um, so that was painful. Mid-race, I think it was in the third stage, Truex was in the lead, and they were doing some sort of other part of the broadcast, and all of a sudden, Junior came on the broadcast screaming, the leader just spun, the leader just spun, and Ricky Stenhouse just happened, because he stinks, happened to get into the leader and spun out Truex, and I might have been one of the only people in America just screaming for joy because, you know, everyone obviously would think that that's terrible. Not me, not us. I mean, that's what happens when you date the queen crash, man. Yeah. It rubs off on you. Wreck it, Ricky. So wreck it, Ricky came to our uh, defense last week and, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking this is perfect. You know, in the podcast, we talked about how if you're going to bet against Truex, 
he's going to lead laps. Don't get nervous. Something will go wrong for him. And sure enough, something went wrong for him. He gets spun out with the lead. And uh, I'm thinking I'm golden because I got all these other guys right behind him. His car was just better than everybody else's. And it only, even though he got spun out, it knocked him back to fourth place. So it really didn't hurt him that much. And he went right back to the front, much to my dismay and Anybody yeah, might as well. Yeah, <laughs> anybody that bet on all the other guys behind him. So uh, it was tough. And even the head-to-head bets we took, we went, at least I went two and two. And then on race day, I put in like a random parlay that did not hit. How about you? I think you hit one or uh, you, you missed the one. The parlay, I, I had put a couple in. I um, can't remember off the top of my head who I had, but I remember one parlay was the only thing that was going to be my savior for the day. And Truex ruined it. Truex, man. Uh, not to his dismay, obviously, but yeah, I, I had little faith. I kind of went with your strategy of no one's going to go back to back. Um, and that did not pay off, but that leads me a little bit into what we're going to talk about later. There's no way it happens a third time. I'll, I'll hold off until later, <laughs> but well, we'll get there. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely going to be one of the first things we, we talk about, uh, when we talk about winners, but I mean, yeah, just to, just to kick, to finish off the, uh, Richmond conversation, I, Obviously, you know, it sucked for anyone who listened to the bets that I gave out. Um, I wasn't thrilled. First time in a long time I didn't win any money on the race, um, so I wasn't thrilled. But I am always looking for, you know, other things to bet on. And, you know, I know in this podcast we talk about projecting other ways to bet on NASCAR, things to make it better. And I saw a stat. So people were bitching about Richmond, saying that it wasn't really that great of a race. And I saw a beat writer for NASCAR post stats that talked about green flag passes in general and back in like 2016 it was up over like 2,000 in a race and this past Saturday was like just above 1,000 so they're saying like there's that much less passing in uh the last two years or so or three years and all I'm saying statistic what's that not a great not a great statistic if you're NASCAR yeah but if you're someone who's a degenerate gambler all I'm seeing (laughs) Is a stat to bet on. Give me an over-under. How many green flag passes we're going to have in a race? Make it, you know, 1,500. I'm going to take the over every single time just because I have faith. That's the thing. It's, it's bets like that that get me really revved up to see where this could go in the future. I'm glad that game was starting to come around, especially with NASCAR. There are so many things that you can go after. And the head-to-heads, I mean, they're great. We need more. We need NASCAR to give us more. Give the people what they want. That's exactly right. We need we need more things to bet on. And when people were complaining about the race, that's all I was thinking in my head was like, is anyone else, you know, thinking this is a perfect thing to bet on? But I mean, when it comes to NASCAR, I mean, obviously the, the mainstream fans want to watch a good race. But when it comes to not mainstream fans, they're looking for wrecks, let's be honest. And what better thing would it be than to bet on the over-under of how many wrecks in a race? I would just, the whole, I mean, you don't want to cheer for guys to wreck. But on another hand, you kind of do. do. I mean, just give me the caution. Just give me how many cautions are we going to have? You know, it's pretty easy to set that over under. And very simple. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense why we don't have that at this moment. But it'll come. It'll come. We got to add that to your grievances later. We will. Yeah, we we will get to that point at some point in this podcast, uh, if not this episode in the future. But anyway, uh, so yeah, that was Richmond. Not a good race all around, I would say. Uh, hopefully we never go back and um, we will move on. <laughs> we'll move on. It's another day. This weekend's another day. So we'll, we'll trans- transition here to the Roval. 
This is a course that we have not seen at all this year. We've only seen it one time in the past. Last year was the first time anybody's ever run it on the schedule. So this is the part of the podcast where I like to go into track history. And the fact of the matter is, Greg, there really just isn't any. So when you're people like us and you look at the track and you only have one race you can go off of, you sort of have to get creative and start thinking about ways to justify kind of who you're taking. So I took it upon myself because I am a degenerate to start looking at, I mean, I said to myself, okay, what makes up the Roval? You have Charlotte Motor Speedway, that mile and a half track, but then you have the road course. So I said, let me take the average finishes from Charlotte and the two road courses that are on the schedule, Sonoma and Watkins Glen, and put them together and give us an average for all three of them. And then I threw in the finishes from last year's Roval, put a little weighted average in there. So I've got stats. I'm armed to the teeth with stats. But Ooh. then I said, average finish. Think about what happened at the Roval last year. You had Martin Truex leading the race, about to win the race, spun out by Jimmy Johnson wrecking, and who comes and snakes his way in? Ryan Blaney. So Truex went from about to win the race to, like, you know, somewhere around 10th. It's mm, a shame. So driver <laughs> rating is something that takes into consideration people who are leading the race, um, laps led, fastest lap. Basically, if you're having a strong race and you don't have a strong finish, driver rating makes up for it. So I did the same thing here because at road courses, I feel like finishes don't exactly tell the full story. Kyle Larson led. Totally agree. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Larson led like 40 laps last year in this Roval race. And I don't know where he finished, but it wasn't first. So the driver rating, you know, can really tell a better story. His driver rating at the Roval last year was 123. Yeah, I, mean, I think that, he finished in 25th. Not good because he got into what? that wreck with uh, with Kozlowski on one of the restarts. So, but the one thing you want to look at is he led 47 laps. Yeah, at Charlotte last year. That puts it into perspective when we're talking about driver rating and how important it is when you're talking about road courses so i've got those stats as well with charlotte driver rating and both road courses driver rating then i even threw in the the driver rating from the roval last year so with all that said you brought it up already truex yes he is the first person we have to start with because mm -hmm. there's a lot going around the odds came out on tuesday he was the favorite plus 275 to win the race. Oh, you had 275. I thought I had 250, actually. 250? You, you had better numbers. Well, either one is not good. I mean, no. to bet on someone like that, you have to be super confident. Now, you just said you don't like taking him to, to go back to back to back. Not at all. And I will say, full disclosure, I'm a Truex guy. I like Truex. I root for Truex. Um I was going for him in fantasy this year. Unfortunately, I didn't get him. But I'll tell you what, I hope he eats shit this week. I, I want nothing good for him in this result because all my money is against him. Um, I know he's going to do well, and I know that's probably not the smart decision, you know, betting-wise. But um, I, I think he's in a comfy, cozy spot right now, and I think there's other guys out there who need it more and are going to pull it out. I, so my money is not with Truex, which is probably not where you're going to go with. Well, I want to come back to that point that you just made. Other guys might need it more because I think that's relevant. But when we're talking about facts, 
Martin Truex, when you average out every driver rating from all of those tracks that we mentioned, he is head and shoulders above the rest of the field. See, here's where we differ a little bit. So I, and I love the fact that the Roval doesn't have much history because whether it be like your Masters pool or fantasy NASCAR or hockey, I'm always putting together my own little statistics. Okay. Um, so I have a different take on it. And in this case, it's, it's, this is actually a little more team than I would consider my usual Excel spreadsheets. But I focused more on the last 12 races at just Sonoma and Watkins Glen. I think the fact that you threw Charlotte in there, it's bold strategy. I don't like it. I think that... So you're just taking into consideration the road courses. I'm taking just road courses. I mean, road courses have the straight, the long straightaways at times, so I don't think considering Charlotte into that equation would be how I would do it. Then again, uh, we'll see how it pans out at the end of the week. Well, so his but, driver ratings at Watkins Glen and Sonoma are 129 and 132. Very strong. Okay, so I go. I love the average finish. I love it. And I don't give a shit what happened five, ten years ago. You're just, okay, I, you're going I focus recently. on, I looked at the last six years, so the last 12 races. Um, if you didn't have 12 races, like a lot of these guys like Eric Jones, um, Elliot, Suarez, like they don't have 12 races. But based on the last six years at Watkins Glen and Sonoma, Martin Truex falls in ninth at an average finish of 12 and a half. This is ninth. true. That I mean, so I, I understand he's he's hot right now, right? He he won earlier in the year. What Sonoma, did he take Sonoma or was it Watkins Glen? He didn't take uh, Watkins Glen. Chase took Watkins Glen, uh, which we'll get to in a second. I don't know who won Sonoma this I'm, year. I'm pretty man. sure uh, Truex barely fended off Kyle Busch to take that earlier in the year. Okay, um, which is going to weigh in on my decision later. We'll get to that later. But I think Truex is going to be the, um, the disappointment this week. Okay. And, and I don't think that I – it's just the, the, the question of if you're going to bet on Truex this week, in order to get a bang for your buck, you have to spend a lot of money to do it. And do you feel comfortable spending the money on Martin Truex? Personally, I don't. I don't like betting on the favorite in these scenarios, and especially back-to-back-to-back. Now, the stats are telling me that it's worth it, The my stats. I know you, you like different stats than I do. I like driver average, but at the end of the day, I've been so strong on betting against a guy going back-to-back. To go back-to-back-to-back is, you know. That's insane. It's like playing roulette, and, you know, red keeps popping up, and you just keep betting black because you know law of averages. Law of averages, and in this case, that's on our side. So, um, this is where I want to go back to what you were saying earlier. You put all that money on Truex if you decide to bet on him, which I'm still one foot in, one foot out on him. But I mean, and I right, keep going. So if you decide to do that, you've got these hungry guys behind him. There are 36 to 38 guys behind him. Anything could happen. Something just like last year, could happen, and all of a sudden all your money's down the drain. And that's, what, that's the thing with NASCAR, right? So you said this before in one of your earlier episodes, but it's NASCAR. And, like, anything can happen. So to, at plus 250 or plus 275, you're putting a lot of weight on him. Fit. It doesn't matter if he comes in second or third. It's all about the victory. And it, anything can happen in this. 
I mean, it's 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 insane, and it's definitely in my mind not worth that value. Yeah, and it takes a lot for me to pretty much ignore stats, but I'm gonna ignore the stats. You're talking me, <laughs> you're talking me out of them. I'm uh, I don't feel like spending the extra money to make betting on Truex worth it this week. So I'm out on Truex. So let's talk about guys we do like this week, and I'll let you go first. We we each have a, a couple guys that. We're definitely going to bet on. Um, there might be some guys that we're, you know, thinking about or whatever, flirting with. But give me somebody who you definitely like to bet on this week. I love the Bush brothers. I'm, I'm both of them. I'm going to start with Kyle. Kyle's hungry, man. He needs a win. He hasn't had a win since, what, early June? It's been a while. Was it Pocono? It's been a while. Um, he's hungry. He, like I just said earlier, the last time, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Sonoma, he had the victory in his sights, and Truex ousted him in the last 15 laps or so to, to take it. Um, he He's struggling right now for, for a win. And I think he's going to come out hungry, and he wants it, and he does not want to let Truex take all this body moving forward. I think, I mean, coming from the stats I have, I have Kyle Busch. Again, it's the last 12 races, 12 road course races. I have Kyle Busch in second overall at 9.5 average finish. He's definitely good at road courses, I would say. I mean, he's got he's got one win, six top fives, and nine top tens. Um, I, I just, I don't know. My money's on Kyle Busch. And like I said, Kurt, the, the Busch brothers, the only person to have the higher average finish is Kurt Busch at 7.8 average finish wow. over the last That's 12 shocking. races. That's Which, shocking to me. Yeah, and that kind of blew me away a little bit. Um I don't know how he did the last Roval race. Well, Kurt finished finished sixth, it looks like. Up in the top ten. He was surprisingly good at the Roval last year when you look at the finish. Actually, you're right. Yeah, he was fifth. Like seven laps. I mean, his driver driver rating was 105. So, I mean, he, he had a good race last year. And so you mentioned two guys who you like. They are on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to the the odds. Kyle is plus five hundred right now. Kurt is plus two thousand. Well, so now that you're on that train, I'm going to keep going with that. Go for it. Uh, when it comes to value, Eric Jones is my guy. Wow. Took him in fantasy this year. Wow. And I will admit this, you know, with my tail between my legs a little bit here, but I picked him up in the fourth out of fifth round. And was disappointed and said, "Ugh, I'm stuck with Eric Jones. What a freaking pick on that. He had a good year. He had a good year. Blown away right there. Anyway, back to the stats. He's only raced road courses six times in the last three years. Um, So he relatively doesn't have as much history. But of those six races, he's finished top ten five times, top five twice. Does not have a victory, but he is fourth overall at 9.8 average finish of all the uh, active drivers. So, in my mind, at plus 2,000, I mean, he needs that win. Uh, You and I were talking about this earlier. He, after last week, so disappointing, so disheartening when he truly deserved better. Um, Now his back's against the wall, and I think he's had a fire under his ass all year. He's been killing it. I mean, you're looking at his last 10 races. He's got top fives in four of them, five of them. I mean, he's been killing it. He's on fire. If if I could interject here. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. And I get looking at his name and the plus 2,000 odds next to it is very sexy. But (laughs) in addition, what you're saying about needing to win is huge. 
huge. But and to me, that's everything. It's it's everything until you look back. You mentioned his last ten races, how he's been on fire, but he was racing for a seat next year. He was racing for his contract. He had Christopher Bell waiting in the wings, trying to take his job. Then all that stuff went down with the Benedetto in the 95, and they signed a new contract for Eric Jones. And ever since he signed his new contract, things have started to fade out a little bit. So I think that pressure that was propelling him to perform well is now off of him, and he's now more relaxed. He might, he's definitely not going to say that that's the case, but I think you see this in sports all the time. You see it like football players, you know, you have contract years, they go out and kill it. And then after that, they're, you know, more relaxed and they don't really do as much. Eric Jones is in that slot. Guys who are desperate to win, that makes sense until the race starts. And then you realize, oh my God, this guy, he has no chance to win the race. So, uh, I mean, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I feel like you're talking about him like he's going to be a deer in, heads, in headlights. The guy's been killing it. I mean, I took down some notes here. He won four weeks ago at Bojangles, came in fourth on August 4th, second on July 28th, third the week prior, third the week before that, third of po- I mean, the guy, just because, he, yeah, now he's got a ride, his momentum is, is pushing him. And it's the first time he's been in the playoffs where he, he has a legitimate chance to, to prove himself and do something for a change. I don't think he's going to let that go lightly, especially after that disappointment last week, which is yeah very frustrating. They're going to give it a shot. The The thing is, like, they're going to take a risk. They have the yes. ability to take a risk. And second does nothing for him. Second Correct does me? nothing for right. him. Unless, unless he starts seeing, like, all the other guys that he's raised. I mean, he's, he's a full race out with points. So I don't think there's any chance that three or four guys fall out. I think he needs to win. He has to win. According to math. So they're <laughs> going to, math. yeah, they're going to have to make a move that the, the contrarian move to everybody else and, you know, stay out when everybody else pits or do something, get off cycle because of this road course. It's just whether or not it's going to pan out for him. And can he keep it together? I, I, I know you like it for the pick. I'm, I'm not going to put my money on right, A side note here. Um, again, I hope he does well, but the fact that he's going to go balls to the wall Opens up the door for the possibility of a huge wreck love it. at the end of this race. Love it. Which brings me to, I would love to find a guy who I think is a solid, you know, fifth, sixth place guy. Kind of like a Clint Boyer on these races. Like, he, he always floats around the five, six, seven spot. I think that he's a guy who, I mean, I don't know what the odds are for him right now. But I would be very interested in seeing what that value is. because For, for Clint? For Clint Boyer. He's plus 2,200. Uh, it, it's there, but again, it, I don't know, because I can see a big wreck happening. Jones is going to go for it. Bush is going to go for it. Truex already wrecked out here last year, so... You could see what happened last year happening again. I, exactly, exactly. Yeah, some fashion. And seeing some guy like a loser like Blaney rolling in and taking whoa, over. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I hit a sore spot there. He's not it. a loser. Let's relax. Well, you squirming over let there. Me, let, me tell you, let me tell you who I like. Um, and someone who could be sitting in the catbird seat is Kevin Harvick because when you look at the averages for Harvick he at the Roval last year he he was driver average 93 pretty solid at Charlotte he's he's over 100 Sonoma you want to talk about road courses he's 120 which is the you know second best out of everyone on the list so he has the ability to race anywhere 
He's proven that he's dynamite. He's having a great season. And he is someone that I could see. Sit, like, he's not the guy who's going to go out most likely and lead 50 laps at the Roval. But you talk about the catbird seat sitting in the right spot. He could be in that spot come the end of the race and steal a win from someone. And it would not surprise me at all. Well, let me so, tell you this. It looks to, to go off what you're saying. I have him at third overall at these road courses in the last six years, tied with Kyle Busch, 9.6 average finish. And he has 114 laps led, which looks like it's coming in at third place of all active drivers uh, at road courses. So to say that he's not going to go out and lead some laps, I don't know. I, th- I think I think he's got the numbers behind him to, Maybe. to push what you're saying. So here's here's the kicker with all this, because we know everyone knows Kevin Harvick, and I think we're laying out some good stats for him. He's going off at plus thirteen hundred right now. What? When was the last time you saw Kevin Harvick going off above a thousand? That's absurd. So what are they looking at that's telling them that he is not the guy? I don't see it. I there's nothing that I'm reading into here that is telling me Kevin Harvick has no chance. So mark me down for the four car and plus 1,300. If you if you can go out and get that right now, that yeah, will, depending on how doing. qualifying goes, Greg, <laughs> he's putting it in right now. <laughs> depending on how qualifying goes, I mean, it's only going to go up. I can't see Harvick dro- uh, making his odds skyrocket to like plus 2,000 or anything like that. It's only going to drop to below 1,000. So I, mean, I it looks like, like his it right average now. start is pretty high. It's around floating around 13. Um, so. Uh, do you think he's going to do worse say. than that? Do you think he's going to do better? I mean, my guess is he's got the fast car, right? I mean, he's going to have the fastest car out of the Stuart Haas group, I would imagine. So I, I think it's tough to argue against Harvick going off at those odds. If he was going off at plus 500, like Bush, I might hesitate to say, okay, I'm, I'm locking in. But the fact that he's got similar numbers to Kyle, Kyle Bush and he's going off at plus 1300 makes it a no-brainer for me. Um, the other guy that I'm going to be throwing my money on is Chase Elliott. Uh, he's another one that we talked about could be lurking around. Chase dominates road courses, at least Watkins Glen. He's won the last two races at Watkins Glen. So that tells me he's not afraid of the road courses. Um, he did well here last year. I think he finished fourth. Um, so another strong run, his driver rating was 104 at the Roval last year. I know it's only one race to sample size, but um, if you want to take Charlotte in consideration, the Roval last year, the fact that you know road courses um, exist on the the circuit and he does well at them, Chase is someone that I would want to take, and he's going off right now at plus 800. I probably would have expected to see that over a thousand, but yeah, still, it seems a little low. Plus 800. He might go up a little bit, and you might be able to get him for a better value, but I still like him at plus 800 because I don't like the the rest of the guys that I'm seeing in and around that area. So lock me in for the nine car at plus 800. So those are our picks to win. I think we said both Bush brothers both liked uh, those guys. Talked about Chase plus 800 and uh, Harvick plus 1,300. Kurt was going off at plus 2,000, and Kyle plus 500, of course. And we were both out on Truex this week at plus 275. So there are definitely some other guys Save out there. Save your money. Save your money is right. There were definitely some other guys out there who, you know, kind of in and around the, the space that on race day I may uh, get a little antsy and, and throw money on. But these are the guys I like for sure, so lock it in. Buggity, buggity, buggity.
So the next part of the podcast, we're going to get into the head-to-head section, and we're going to do a little bit different this week since we have Greg on the podcast. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to alternate taking a matchup. So we're finding matchups that are out there right now that you can bet on, typically matchups that are even money. And then, so Greg will go first. He'll name a matchup that he likes, and he's going to take the guy he likes in said matchup. And I have no choice but to take the other guy. We're going to do this five times, and basically it's a best-of-five situation. And I think we'll throw a little money on this, you know, a little side action. Of course. And um, we'll see who wins, and we'll recap it next week. So um, just to say, I mean, this is something that, honestly, talk about other ways to bet on NASCAR there should be some sort of app, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel should have something like this to be able to, you know, counter or handle this on their own. I love that a way to kind of create your own pool with buddies to each week put together like your own team or top guy, everyone picks one guy, and then just be able to put money up through the app, make connected with Venmo or something, and then have your five guys. That would be awesome. It really would. Um, so we're just pumping out ideas tonight. Hopefully somebody's listening and we get credit for it. But We're idea guys. That's what we are, idea guys. Yeah. We're just here. We sit around. We just talk about ideas. We just can't act on it. So It's, it's a shame I'm too lazy to make anything ever It's exactly right. Um, this is putting this podcast together is the most effort I've ever done. Um, pretty impressive. <laughs> so let's get to it. So you're going to go first and – Lay out the matchup, who you like, and why. And then I'll have to take whoever the other side of it is. So go ahead. Kick us off. All right. I was going to start with another matchup, but I like this one better. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to pan out well for me, but play to your, your sweet spot here. Go for going it. Going off at minus 115 a side. So dead even. Even money. On the books. I have Kurt. Bush, you have Mr. Ryan Blaney. Oh, I like that matchup. I saw that on the site, and I instantly said, yes. I figured you'd be happy with it. It's nice. You know, I, I know how you, you got a sweet spot for, for Blaney. I like Blaney. I, I feel oh, like he's a I don't know decent why. driver. Yeah, I, I can't figure it out. He's decent. But, and as I've already said, Kurt is, is my guy here. I think he's going to pull it out. Um, I know, obviously, Blaney won last year at the Roval, but we've already talked about how that was kind of a little bit of dumb blind luck based on the wreck right at the end. Um, but like I said, Kurt's got the best average finish at road courses. Um, Blaney's looks like his average finish is 14.1 over the last 12 road course races. So, And that includes last year at the Rebel. So hmm. not loving that, but I do love this matchup. I, I think this matchup is perfect for the books. Um these two guys, I think they're both going off at plus 2,000, and they're very similar. Um, I mean, they both finished great at the Robo last year. Their average driver rating is combined all track, Charlotte, Robo, Watkins Glen, Sonoma. Kurt is ranked sixth overall. Blaney is eighth overall, and they're only like three points off of each other, you know, as far as their total average. So they're dead even, in my opinion. Blaney, I think you're taking the right choice. I think Kurt is definitely uh, who I would take if I was, you know, gun to head, supposed to choose between one of these on my own. We're playing that game, but <laughs> not tonight. Um, but yeah, you made the rules. I think Blaney 
is someone who is struggling lately and you know there's no better medicine than a track that you have confidence because you've won it before so i'm gonna be thrilled with that choice i like blaney um i think it's a good choice though head-to-head so we, we should be writing these down but i'll take blaney all day in that head-to-head matchup and the thing i love about these head-to-heads is I, I know you get your kicks off picking the winner and i will say it he didn't pay me to say this what are you five for six six for seven i'm pretty good picking the winner yeah i'm pretty good um it's a shame that that streak was broken last week yeah, i'm not saying that sarcastically i would have loved to seen that go throughout the year but the thing i love about these head-to-heads are it's not just about the, the victory right so you got to look at how often guys wreck how often guys don't finish top 10 and another reason why i went with kurt he's got so many top 10s on road courses compared to blaney's like i think he's got two top 10s in the last 12 road course races it's just you got to look at everything not just who's got the chance to win and the value of it so i'm sorry to say you're gonna lose this one doubt it so i'm looking to go up one nothing. we'll see I, i don't think it's as obvious as you think but if you want to talk about obvious let's go to my first pick Ooh. Because this is a goddamn layup for me. Both of these guys, I have no idea how both of these guys are going off at even money. But I will be taking the 88 machine and Alex Bowman. Taking on Matt DiBenedetto and the 95. So you are stuck with the 95 in this matchup. This isn't as much. I almost did this maliciously because I'm... Not in this scenario trying to choose the best driver. I'm trying to stick you with the worst. DiBenedetto stinks. At you know, at all my stats that I ran this week, he's dead last. And I did 20 drivers. I chose like a couple random non-playoff guys to throw in to fill in you know the top 20 rankings, and he was one of them. And he is dead last in driver rating. He did terrible here last year. He's horrible at Charlotte. Watkins Glen. Also terrible. His driver rating is 54. That's dismal. Sonoma's a little bit better. It's 70. So you have a little, you know, a little bit more there. But his overall average driver rating is 55 when you consider all four of those different tracks. So have fun with that. Meanwhile, Bowman on the other side, he's pretty average. I mean, he's pretty good, and he finished here well last year. That was all I needed. Like I said, I was more going against you and, and less so. Uh, who my guy was. So how do you think about that? What do you think? Those are fantastic stats. Yeah? Unfortunately, I just disagree. Oh, okay. Again, you're you're looking at the fact that Charlotte plays a role here. I don't think it does. So get rid of that. Okay. And then let's go straight road courses, because that's what this is. That's what the Roval is all about. If it wasn't about being a road course, they would stick to the Oval. It's not. Alex Bowman has an average finish on these road courses of 22, while DiBenedetto comes at 23, but has about 25% more laps led than Bowman. Yeah, but those were probably under caution because it's to Benedetto. And, you, know, he's you could say the same thing about board. Bowman's. Okay. And he's got a little more experience when it comes to the road course races, uh, numbers-wise. So I don't think this is a lock. I, I know last year he didn't do well at the Royal, um, but that's okay. It's, I mean, look where Truex finished. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right about that. Um, I just think take, you know, what we were saying about Eric Jones earlier and the whole contract thing, I think it's the same thing for DiBenedetto. And I think he's taking the foot off the gas and 
it's done, man. This That's is, my this biggest is concern as well. I feel like he's coasting. He's happy after that coasting. little little you know tear sob story he gave <laughs> after uh, losing to Hamlin earlier in the year. Yeah. Just I, I I bought in, and then I watched his following races, and I was like, ah, fuck this guy. I mean, it's good stuff. <laughs> it's good stuff. You know, I'm I'm not against him in real life, but in this matchup, I mean, there's no chance. I just with a name Literally like no Dallas Bowman, I, I God, I. I can't look at it on paper. I don't like to look at him. I don't like anything about him. So I'm looking forward to that one. Okay. Well, can't it, say that I have the better odds, but I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Nonetheless. That's fine. So we, we both like who our guys are at the moment. So you're up, sir. The, the, the floor is yours. Who's the third matchup? Third matchup here. Hmm. I, I have, I have a, I know who I want. But I, I have a, a variety of people that I want you to take, all with the same exact odds. Hmm. And I think that you're going to laugh at me when I give you these. Okay. That makes me very happy. Um, you know, I'm not even going to tell you all. For starters, I'm going to take Eric Jones. Okay. I already said why. I think this race is going to be all about grit. Who wants it more? Um, he's good at road courses, as I've mentioned several times. He's up there. We're going to come fourth overall for all active drivers. I mean, he finished eighth at Snowmore, fourth at Watkins Glen earlier this year. So he, he's he's done well at road courses earlier. Um, and it, I just can't stress enough how much I think this race is all about who wants it more. And I don't think there's anyone on the track that wants it more than Jones. I think he deserves it. I think he's going to go balls to the wall. I know you're saying he's got that contract and he's got that little bit of a you know, carelessness to him, I disagree. Um, I will give you either Boyer or Blaney. Why, you're letting me choose? I'm letting this you choose. This is absurd. It's the kind of guy I am. It's the first time. It's the kind of guy I am. First time. The thing is, I don't even think it matters. I honestly don't think it matters. Neither do I, because I'm going to clean this one up. <laughs> well, I don't want I want to, I don't want to duplicate, uh, so give me Boyer. Right. Actually, see, I was looking at taking Jones before we got into this whole conversation, because we, Greg and I, did not know who each other were going to choose in these matchups. What do you, th- what are your thoughts about giving me your boy, Kurt? It's funny you say that because I have three names written down and Kurt's the third. <laughs> but I've talked myself out of wanting so to give you that because I just think he's too good here. I, I don't. So I you're don't not going to let me choose Kurt. That's fine. No, I mean this is that's not that's not how the game works. You're supposed here. to tell me who you want to give me, so you can stick me with whoever you want. But if you're letting me choose, I'll go with Clint. Um, the only reason I'm letting you choose is because I already made you stick with Blaney against Kurt in my prior matchup. Um, Blaney sucks. I would put everyone against him if I could, but that's not fair. That's not goodness gracious. That's a, another bet for another day. I'd I know. Say. When he that's finishes 25th, you can come strong. talk to me. Okay. Um, but I'll give you Boyer here against my Eric Jones. What do you think about Boyer? Um, I mean, I mentioned him earlier a little bit, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with Boyer. Um, he's trying to point himself into the next round. So he's going to play this race pretty safe. He's not going to be the guy that's going to take risks. He's going to bring the car home 10th, 11th, 12th. Whereas Jones, he's either going to win the race or he's going to finish dead last. Like the, the spectrum. So Boyer's keeping it pretty tight. And I don't think that, you know, he's going to, obviously anything could happen. He could cut a tire or whatever, like we always say. But if it's up to him, he's pointing his way into this next round. He is not winning the race. So, 
Boyer, and this is where you're going to laugh at me, Boyer finished third at the Roval last year. He's a good racetrack, or road course racer. He's not bad. He's ninth. Sonoma. On, on I mean, average, I mean, he's six top tens out of the last 12. There was a time where he people were fearing him at road courses. So, you know, it's been a while, but I don't mind it. I'm taking Clint. Now, I'm, I, I feel like I'm taking the cleaners now. This isn't fair, I don't think. That's fine. Okay, give I'm me gl- Clint. I'm glad you have that. little side action here. Over, what's the over-under on where Blaney finishes? Because you are just beating that guy down, and I feel like he's going to outperform whatever the hell you think he's going to perform. So over-under 15, over-under. Are you, are you I'm under? I'm going to say i got to stick my guns. I think I'm going to take 15 even. 15 even? All right, so if I'm going to take action on that, it's got to be he's got to finish in the top 15. You want that? Yeah, I'll take that action. So I'll take? All day. All day. Blaney, Blaney will finish in the top 15 this well, week. Let me, let me write that down. Mark it down. Mark it down. That'll be side action. He's clicking his pen. That's what that noise is. Mark it down. Blaney's in the top 15. little side action, you know? It, it wouldn't be a... A good uh, betting day if there wasn't some side action. So love me some side action. <laughs> so let's get into my next pick because I've been really struggling to find kind of who I like, and I'm gonna base my pick around some breaking news that happened just a little bit ago from when we're recording this, and my matchup is Ricky Stenhouse Jr versus Chris Busher. Stenhouse earlier today got fired from his ride at Roush. I guess the experiment is up. I mean, I know we were making fun of him a little bit earlier about, you know, how he wrecks all the time and he was dating the Queen of Crash, Danica Patrick at some point. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, that that is shocking to me. He seemed like he was going to be riding that 17 for a while. They are replacing him with Chris Busher. So, Greg, Looking at the matchup here, Busher is minus 160 compared to Stenhouse's plus 120 underdog situation. I know we're trying to stick with, you know, even money matchups, but I'm going to I'm going to be a gentleman here, you know? You're a guest. I'm going to give you the favor. Oh god, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to give you Busher in this scenario because Ricky Stenhouse is going to be on a tear. And if you thought that he wrecked people before with his aggressive driving, <laughs> my God. He is going to be playing bumper cars out there in those ro- at that Roval. So give me Ricky Stanhouse. I'll give you Busher minus 160. You can have him. <laughs> it's all Thanks yours. Thanks for that one. I don't even have stats on Ricky Stanhouse because I wasn't planning on you know, taking him this week. But I do have stats on Busher. And they're not great. I mean, they're not terrible, but and he's got better stats uh, overall than playoff driver Ryan Newman. But overall, nothing to write home about. So with the human element to it, I'm going to go with Ricky Stenhouse. What are your thoughts? I love Ricky. I mean, going back to the days where we started out in fantasy, Ricky was always my late draft pick. He'd put him in as the backup. You would get him for next to nothing because obviously he's not that good. But he was that guy who I would throw in there like a David Reagan who no one picked up, and I'd, I'd pull him late in the game, and he'd put up points for me. So I got, I got a special spot in my heart for Ricky Stenhouse, plus the fact that Danica Patrick is an absolute smoke um, but doesn't know how to drive NASCAR. So 
Anyway, back to the what we were talking about. <laughs> Chris Busher's your guy. <laughs> Chris Busher's my guy. Um, this the numbers would say or suggest that he's slightly better at a twenty point seven average finish compared to Stenhouse's twenty four point seven five at road courses. Um, like those numbers. Did you say Stenhouse was twenty four? Stenhouse's average finish is twenty four and three quarters. And what's Busher? Uh, twenty point seven. Oh, 20.7. So he's Sorry. got he's got. Four spots guy, on them, on think, average. Okay. All right, all right, all right. None of them, or neither of them, have a top 10 finish in the last it's gonna be, 12 races. It's going to be fun watching the back of the pack then. Yeah, it's it makes me want to <laughs> go out and buy a case of Bushlight. Just bring back the old days growing up. I just Chris Busher, oh, the name's awesome. I know nothing about him, but I'm cheering for him this week. Surprising that they tap him to take over the 17 car. I I mean, I don't know what Chris Buescher has done to earn that, really. But, I, I mean, I guess he's doing a lot with, uh, you know, not much of a race car, driving the 37. Um, How old is Buescher? He's young. He's young. He, he he won his first race in a range-shortened Pocono race, like, won three a Pocono. years ago. He won at Pocono. It was a range-shortened race, though. And he got into the playoffs based on it. So he, I think that might have been two years back. Um, so it's an interesting matchup. I think, you know, like I said, you can take the, the favorite in this one. And, uh, I think minus 160 to plus 120. 120. Nah, a little skewed there. I mean, there's definitely something the books are trying favor, to tell us. But some of these, sometimes when you look at the books here, they have no idea what they're talking about. Like last week, we were saying how was a Martin Truex was at plus, I don't know, plus 400, and then he qualified in top five and his numbers or his value went down it went up from plus 400 to plus five or whatever it doesn't make sense sometimes yeah, so West. i don't understand where they're coming from at times especially when we're talking about chris busher and ricky stenhouse jr my god I, I don't understand how they put any value on them at all but minus 160 i think is a little lopsided okay but i'm happy i'm happy to take them sure love it mark it down so who's the fifth matchup and this will be how we end the head-to-head section. The fifth matchup. Got to stick with your... Can't wait. <laughs> We've already talked about both these guys. It's kind of a couple of reasons why I went after them. One is I'm giving you the better odds here. Oh, so it's a little return in the favor it's here. a little return in the okay. favor. A little cousinly love. All right. I'm taking the guy who's plus 125 to the your guy who's minus 115, 120. Um I believe from what you've been saying in your prior episodes, your guy is leading the head-to-head victory in a 12-10 to 10 series, I believe. Hit me with the names. We're talking about Kyle Busch and Martin Truex. Oh, baby. Yeah. You've okay, been so rocking this matchup Truex? all year, and I'm giving you Truex because... Oh, I will take that. Are you kidding me? I know me? you would. you kidding me? And again, I've been harping on this. Kyle Busch... Barely got beat out earlier in the year to Truex. He has to be, if not the most salty guy on the, in the, the Cup Series or, or in, in NASCAR at all, let alone the fact that is Truex is his teammate, right? Yeah. Okay. And he just beat him out. That's normal. It, everything is, all the stars are aligning for Kyle Busch to either put Truex into the wall or just straight beat him with hard, good racing. I, I'm, I'm through the moon right now. I really am. To, to have Truex in some 
capacity going into this weekend. I love it. And I'm getting nervous for you that you might get swept here. I think I think we should put money down on this. Obviously, so let's let's just call it, you know, something easy right now. Call it 20 bucks for this head to head, you know, situation here. Whoever wins love the it. most. But if you get swept, I think you should owe an extra 50% of what we're betting on. So if we go with 20, it should be a $30 fee. If you get swept, oh and five, because I'm that's going both ways. I'm I'm sure. Okay, yeah. If you if you are uh, confident in your picks, but I I am loving my guys right now. So let's do a quick recap. Um, So to start, we'll we'll go backwards from the the matchups. I have Truex over your Kyle Busch. Correct. I have Stenhouse over your Chris Buescher. And then what were we looking at? I have Clint Boyer over your Eric, Eric Jones. And then you have Blaney over my Kurt Busch. And I think we're missing one. It's uh, Bowman for me, Alex Bowman for me, Matt DiBenedetto for you. I'm loving my team. I'm loving my squad. Good luck to you, though, sir, because you're going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for Sunday evening. We're going to be I like this kind of party. All right, so we're going to end the podcast this week with talking about fantasy NASCAR, and this is a topic that I've been very anxious to talk about, and I'm thrilled to be able to talk about it with Greg here because we've been playing fantasy NASCAR for a while, like we said earlier, but the thing is we are not fans of the typical way that the fantasy sites out there set up fantasy NASCAR. And when we're talking about typical sites we're talking about you know nascar.com or you know the daily fantasy leagues those types of deals where you have a salary cap and then you have to choose each week you know players to fit into your salary cap and then you lose uses for those guys that's how pretty much every single site when you see fantasy nascar whether it's nascar whether sorry nascar.com fox sports NBC, whoever's hosting Fantasy NASCAR, that's the kind of shit you're getting. Greg and I have always tried to avoid that. And we have taken it to such a level that we don't want to play that so much that we have been, at one year, I think we calculated our own stats. Uh, if you remember, we used a spreadsheet. To, yeah, that was exciting. <laughs> that was that was a little, you know, aggressive. I was just looking for the site right here. I it what, what was it? it was Wix dot com slash Delco Nastar. De- Delco Nastars, yeah. I, I'm I'm trying to pull it up to look at the domain. I'll tell you what, that was a nice looking website. <laughs> I mean, we created the whole thing. We had images from tracks. We were putting the different drivers, the teams, the schedule. Um, it was. It was exciting for the first three weeks until I stopped doing it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was tough to keep up with. Um, but the way Greg and I like to do it is we like to try to do it similar to the other fantasy sports out there, like fantasy football. And, and Greg and I, you know, we just got done doing a fantasy hockey draft, actually, where you draft players to your team and they stay on your team for the year. Um, it makes it so much less maintenance for guys in your league who really might not be that into it. But it's also given you people to cheer for, and it makes the draft that much fun. Now, this is there are some challenges that come with this, though, because your roster size can't be that big. 
and and we see this we kind of that's the main yeah we've been kind of experimenting with this throughout you know these years what's the best roster size to have and then when you figure that out how many guys do you have in your league so there are some hurdles um, that you would have to get over but I feel like it's the most fun way of doing it and it's shocking to me that these websites don't even offer this as a way of doing fantasy NASCAR. Yeah, I think it's quite bizarre, but I agree with you. I mean, when you have guys that you can follow all year, I mean, it's the same as fantasy sports for anything else, right? People, you like to get behind your guys. So switching your guys week to week, it's it's a lot more maintenance, number one. Um, it makes it hard for people to stay on top of it. But when you have your guys each week, like, like Kyle Larson's my guy. I know he's not the greatest driver, but he's 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 my dude. So when I have him, I'm cheering for him because I have him on my fantasy teams. I like him, and each race I know that I'm rooting for him. Whereas when you go with like the salary cap, like most websites do, they make you you switch it up. Um, I think fantasy or uh, what is it, uh, duels, FanDuel, FanDuel, they make you pick each Draft week. King. Yeah, you have to pick each week. It's just a hassle. Um, and you, I don't know. I. Doing it the way we do it, I just think works awesome because then you can get the old school fantasy feel, right? You're playing someone. You, you're versing one other guy, not just the open world. You, yeah, exactly right. And you have a head-to-head uh, stat like all year. You have a record that you have all year after playing all the guys in your league. You know, it's just like playing fantasy football. So um, you, you bring in points depending on who your, your guys are, just like any other fantasy league. And it's not that we're saying that this is better because there are thousands of people that play the proper, you know, fantasy like the NASCAR. salary cap. Yeah, the salary cap way, which fine. You know, if you're into which that, it's benefits, but different strokes for different folks. What I'm saying is, how is it possible that this way that we've been doing it on our own? We've right now are using a website, but it is some rinky dink website that I've never heard of, like fantracks.com or something like that. And it's working for us. Yeah, it works. I think it's the best one it's, we've had in a while. Easy to get to. It's very easy to get to. How is this not an option on any of these major sites? It doesn't make any sense to me. And our league this year has been an absolute blast because we have such a close range. We have four guys that make the playoffs towards the end of the year. And there is an absolute battle going on. So Greg's team is up at the front. He's battling for first place. By the way, Greg's team is made up of Kyle Busch, Eric Jones, Kyle Larson, and Ryan Newman. Not bad, Greg. Took Jones late in the game. Got Larson a little later than I would have thought. Took Kyle nice and early. Obviously, I think I had first or second pick. Um, But, yeah, I'm very happy with my squad. And I would like to add that I am the, uh, is it two-time? You are the two-time back-to-back champion of our leagues. In first place now. First yeah, place I now. Mention that yet? He, he is well. He's battling for first place right now, and that's what makes it fun. Like this head-to-head matchup stuff. The the thing about the fantasy right now with the salary cap stuff is you generate. I anytime I've ever played, you get so far behind the the leaders because there's so many people that are playing it. And it's just straight points. It's just straight points. It just, you lose interest. This head-to-head situation keeps you interested. So Greg, obviously having a good season. He's up at the front. But the second-place guy is battling him. They're battling for position, first place, second place, every week. Meanwhile, I'm clinging on to dear life with three guys, me and two other guys, trying to make the playoffs. And it's a battle. Now, 
our one buddy Frankie has completely fallen off, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> you got to expect to lose one or two. Yeah. So NASCAR. the fact that we're trying to you know point out here is that it's it keeps everyone for the most part super engaged. The draft is obviously a blast, and this type of fantasy should be available. We shouldn't have to find some random websites to host our our league. I totally agree, and I feel like a good analogy for this is like you can p- compare it directly to NASCAR, you know, eight years ago versus now. Before, like there was no playoff. The guys who were at the top, you had Jimmy Johnson who would run away with it, and the last three races of the of the year are irrelevant. That is the normal style of fantasy NASCAR. If you go to ESPN, I don't even know if they still offer, Not but anymore. That's the salary cap way, and it just it takes away from the excitement of it. Our league. It's the head-to-head. We had a guy who was down. I think he seven lost races. the first, yeah, first six, seven races. Lost, came back, made it to fourth place. Yeah, um, I'm battling with him right now. And it was, it's just any. I mean, you're always in it. I mean, everyone's pretty relatively close, which is good and bad. I'm shocked that it's this close. But to go into what we're saying, it's just it makes it more fun. You're never out of it. I mean, minus Frankie, who has. I mean, we're only we're down to the last. Four races, five races before we can yeah before playoffs championship yeah so you know shout out Frank if you're listening you know we're, we're thinking for you next year's your year he had a rough RIP rough draft um, but at the end of the day actually I I posted our draft results on Reddit and uh, asked for opinions from you know everyone on the NASCAR subreddit and and Frankie's team did get kind of shit on a little bit which <laughs> you know I was kind of hoping that he would kind of pull through but. Um, you know, he lasted a while before he, he ended up dropping off. But I digress. That That's the way we do it. We have a blast. And if you're uh, someone out there who has some sort of connection at the major websites, please take this into consideration. Host fantasy just like every single other sport except throw NASCAR in the mix. It makes all the sense in the world to me. More options, the better. And let, and let us know if you have a better way because it's never perfect. But I would love to hear if you have something out there that you do differently that's more exciting. Absolutely. We're always up for it. We change things every year, just, you know, tweaking things. Pretty much. So send us a tweet, at Full Tank Phil on Twitter, and uh, we'd love to hear anything you have to say on the matter. Well, that will be it for this episode. Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're filming this pretty late right now so i appreciate you staying up yeah, appreciate you having me glad to be on you're the first guest so hopefully you love it make it recurring i was excited about the shout out i got in episode one or two and i'll <laughs> tell you what it's even better now i'm actually on the well we'll have to make sure that uh you know you keep coming on and after this weekend i think um we'll have to make sure you keep coming on so that you keep giving me money because these head-to-head matchups this week are an absolute lock for me so Thank you very much, and um, we'll be, if you take our bets into consideration, walk into the next round of the playoffs with some full pockets, and we'll be able to bet on Dover next week. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next time. Go.